Hello, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild with me, your buddy, Paladino Joey? As today we bring in episode number 40. Yep, that's another milestone for Brave the Wild. We're kind of moving right along, basically, with that. And today is Friday, February the 19th, 2010. I appreciate each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show, Brave the Wild, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. It is very exciting, as always. Brave the Wild is, uh, there is also a link to Brave the Wild on minnesota.nhlfansite.com. Minnesota.nhlfansite.com, nice enough to put a link in the left-hand corner of Brave the Wild. Looks really good. Uh, a link to Brave the Wild in the left-hand corner of their website anyway. You get the idea. It's pretty cool stuff. Thanks again, always, and do check out that website if and when you can. Well, when you can. Alrighty. Well, we have two games to review. And uh, not so much as uh, news-related this time. I mean, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Pierre-Marc Bouchard, who is the mainstay, the king, the emperor of Concussion Junction. Junction. That's right, Pierre-Marc Bouchard. And no, I'm not trying to lighten, make light of what happened to the poor guy. It's just, well, for a while, remember how I was mentioning Concussion Junction, that was episode 28, I believe, a while back in November, end of November, how it became just kind of an ongoing gag. It's like, my God, everybody has a concussion, and so I called it Concussion Junction. And unfortunately, Pierre-Marc Bouchard is, is the last remaining member of that group of four that were a part of Concussion Junction. Uh, now that I've said that two, two words about a thousand times, we'll move on. Of course, as I mentioned, two games to review, and then it's off to the Olympic break. Quick note about the Olympic break. There will be no Brave the Wild on Friday the 19th or the 26th. As remember, I generally do this show on Fridays, occasionally Saturdays, but you get the idea. The weeks of Friday the 19th and Friday the 26th, there will be no Brave the Wild because there's no NHL hockey to cover. Uh, sure, I'll watch the Olympic hockey, but I'm not going to come on here and talk about Olympic hockey on Brave the Wild. It's just, I'm just not going to do it. Sorry. So we'll be back. In early March, I believe it is the, no, not the 3rd, it would be the 5th of March. Unfortunately, I'd only be reviewing one game at that time, but we'll see how the schedule goes. I may slide it up to Saturday the 6th, just for the sake of having two games, because then the schedule gets insanely busy after that, because <laughs> we're going to have some four-game ditties. It'll be a three-game ditty, but yeah, I'll shut up and we'll move on and talk some talk about the current State of the Wild here, because that's what matters most at this particular time. Yeah, the Wild, of course, lose Wednesday the 10th, February the 10th, against the Phoenix Coyotes. It's another frustrating loss to the Coyotes as they shut, as they sweep the Wild for the season, and of course I reviewed that on the last show. But you figure, hey, you know, the Atlanta Thrashers are in town, and yeah, the Wild will be okay. It's a, it's a home game. The Wild have been really, really amazing at home this year, despite a not-so-good road record, if really not-so-good at all. The Wild have had plenty of success against the Atlanta Thrashers. Well, not on February the 12th, Friday the 12th, a week from today, a week ago. They lose 3-2 to two to the Atlanta Thrashers. Hmm. And just a frustrating game. Uh, looked good early and did not finish good in the end. It just did not. The Wild lose 3-2 to two to the Atlanta Thrashers. So we'll get to that right now. Just a frustrating game. Not the worst played game ever, but nothing special either. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom still not looking oh so great at this point in time. Now, Cody Allman making his wild debut. Unfortunately, he's sent down pretty much right away afterward because, uh, 
Good old Chuck Obasu makes his return to the wild. Oh, goody. That's pretty much what Cody Allen was here to fill in for Chuck Kobasu. He was not a member of Concussion Junction. He was, was a knee injury, if I remember correctly. Yes. Andrew Ebbett, Concussion Junction. Yeah, and Burns. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. And, yeah, Atlanta did take an early lead against the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, the first periods where most of the action took place, in fact, almost all of it, <laughs> four goals were scored in the first period. Slightly dramatic. Nothing spectacular, though, overall. Uh, Hedberg of the Atlanta Thrashers, who had a heck of a game. The Wild did attack him pretty uh, quite a bit. They had 38 shots on goal overall. The Wild, Nicholas Backstrom, only faced 24. And as mentioned, Backstrom not looking oh so special in this this game or the previous game. Just uh, nothing great, nothing horrible, really. Uh, just looked like an average goalie. He just did. Unfortunately for Cody Allman, he only had about three minutes of ice time in this game. His first game in the NHL, and uh, his last for the time being, unfortunately, sent right back down to Houston. Not too long thereafter. Actually, he may have played in the Vancouver game. I'll make sure. I I remember the exact details. Get back to that in a sec. Um, but yeah, just a just a, the kind of game you expect a victory, and you don't get it. It's like, come on. It's, uh, Andrew Burnett and Andrew Abbott, the Andrews, score in the first period for the Minnesota Wild, and that unfortunately be the only goals of the entire game for the Wild. But not before the Thrashers score. The Thrashers are the first to score in this particular game. Evander Kane scores his 13th of the year, then Brunette adds a power play goal five minutes later. Now Kane was about halfway through the first period, and then Andrew Abbott only four minutes later gives the Wild, hey, here we go, it's a home game. Minnesota Wild are beating the Thrashers. The crowd is into it. Andrew Abbott getting a rare goal. He finally kind of getting back into the swing of things here, basically. Uh, an interesting line, too, with Koivu and Clutterbuck. Andrew Abbott, Koivu, and Clutterbuck. Hmm. Abbott, from what I remember, is a center, yet he's uh, with Koivu and Clutterbuck. Kind of an interesting pairing there. The Brunette's goal was a power play goal, and he has been extremely good in that category this season. This was his ninth power play goal of the season. And this was probably the top line you're going to get. Of course, you could call it the, the, uh, the yeah, it's the most talented line on the on the Riled roster right now overall. Brunette, Havlett, and Koivu, that was the first goal as mentioned. Uh, the second one was a little more quirky. Koivu adding two assists in this game. His numbers continue to rise up. Pavel Kabina, who's kind of been all, he's kind of been a journeyman, but a good journeyman. Member of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, the, uh, I believe he was on the Florida Panthers at one point, and uh, the... Toronto Maple Leafs last year, and now a member of the Atlanta Thrashers this year. This guy's been all over the place via trade and free agency. Talented defenseman. Had him on my fantasy team quite a few times, too, over the years. But uh, very entertaining first period in general. It finished 2-2. Two two because Antropov, Antropov adding hit, getting on the, getting a, the power play goal there. Atlanta was one of eight on the power play. Uh, the Wild special teams, not bad, really, in this game. Not bad. They held Atlanta, you know, Atlanta had eight power play attempts. They only get one goal, and the Wild are one of three on their power play. So, yeah, the overall special teams looking good for the Wild. Faceoffs were virtually even, but the shots and goal were not. And by God, that second period was uh, pretty frustrating. Hedberg looked like a stud. He looked like, the, <laughs> he looked like an iceberg, I guess. Massive iceberg, and the Wild were just... Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't break through this iceberg in Hedberg. 
Just, uh, it was unbelievable. 15 shots to 3 for the Wild in the second period. And it was goose egg to goose egg in that period. Pretty frustrating. The third period was a fairly even match. But unfortunately, Berg Forrest, who recently was, uh, Nicholas Berg Forrest, who recently was acquired by the Atlanta Thrashers, gets the game-winning goal with only nine minutes, well, with nine minutes left in the game, halfway through the third period, basically. It's just, it's just like, come on. The Wild just could not answer. They tried and tried, but could not get it done. It's pretty frustrating indeed. Todd Richards chimes in. I thought we played a lot harder and did things better than in the previous game. That's stupid. Coyotes game, which is what we set out to do, but we came up one short. So a pretty simple response right there. They just basically, they just lost. They just lost this game. Atlanta also has played a league-high 35 one-goal games. They're almost 500 at 12, uh, excuse me, 14, 12, and 9. Minnesota has 34 one-goal games, top, just right behind Atlanta. And they are 19, 11, and 4, and that's after losing this game. Wild have been fairly clutch in the close games. Just this one did not happen. Atlanta gave Minnesota, and they gave they Minnesota did have a really good opportunity late, as the Wild had a power play with only two minutes remaining in the game, and Havlet was whistled for a cross check right off right away. Only 24 seconds later, and that was the end of that man advantage. Extremely frustrating. Final quote of this game by Nicholas Backstrom. You go out there and want to win, and you're not able to get to do the jobs. Hmm. Not able to do the jobs and get two points. It's tough. It's not enough to go out there and play. Okay. Backstrom, one, yeah, he's at this point he was 1-4-1 one, and one in his past six starts. And, uh, yeah, things were going fairly well for the Wild for a while. Back in January, a pretty good month for the Wild in general before the musical goalie chairs took over. In fact, it was an excellent month for the Wild. Excellent month for the Wild. February, not so friendly so far yet. At least we're 500 officially. The Wild are actually 500 in February. So not the worst ever, but you're not going to gain any ground on anybody in this insanely difficult Western Conference. Luckily, the Wild, though, all of a sudden finding success against the Vancouver Canucks. Remember the last three years or so, two to three years, Vancouver was an absolute brick wall for the Minnesota Wild. And especially a guy by the name of Roberto Luongo. Well, folks, the Minnesota Wild for the second game in a row had five goals on Roberto Luongo. For some odd reason, the Wild had, and, and yeah, in the second game in a row, Luongo had to be pulled. Roberto freaking Luongo, who was basically like, oh, the, oh we're playing the Wild tonight? Oh, we got this one because they're not going to score on me. It's just not going to happen. They'll maybe get one goal, and it'll be a 2-1, to 3-1, to 4-1 to one Vancouver victory, regardless if it's in the Exhale Energy Center. Or in Vancouver, British Columbia, mate. Okay, not mate A, it'd be more like it. <laughs> but uh, the Wild went 6-2 to two on Sunday, the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's a pretty meaningless holiday in my opinion. But uh, enough of that. A nice Valentine's Day gift for the Wild anyway. As the Vancouver Canucks apparently love us more than we thought. 6-2? to two? Holy cow, man. I just... Very, very exciting. Very, very exciting indeed. It was a pretty kind of a grinded-out first period for a while. Vancouver actually was outplaying the Wild, you could argue. But then Guillaume Latendresse on the power play. Very exciting goal indeed. And this was his 20th goal of the year overall for Minnesota and Montreal. 20 goals for Guillaume Latendresse. He's more goals than anybody on the Wild roster. It has just been a very exciting 
very exciting season for Guillaume Andres and for the Wild in acquiring him. It has just been a wonderful, wonderful success. And for the note, for the record, Benoit Pouli has 11 total goals this year. Even though he's been playing better in Montreal, it's 11, not 20. So, so far, Andres is winning that battle. And by the way, uh, Puglia doesn't get assists. He only has like four this year. So another little side note right there. Uh, Belanger and Nolan setting up Latendres about three-fourths into the, with about five minutes to go in that uh, six minutes to go, whatever, in the uh, first period. Just a nice play, a nice dominant play. Latendres just buried it, and he was doing his classic uh, fist pump. It just it looked good. It looked good indeed. The Wild just took over in this game right away, pretty much. <laughs> they just exploded on Roberto Luongo. In that second period, things really started pointing the Wild's way in a big way as they were able to take a 3 nothing lead. Kyle Brodziak burying a goal. I, I wasn't sure. It looked like Clutterbuck had it, but then Brodziak, in the end, was the one that tipped it in. Clutterbuck shot the puck. Bugard with a rare assist as he was able to get it to Clutterbuck first. Clutterbuck made a nice shot, and Brozziak tips the sucker in. I thought it was Clutterbuck's goal for sure, but actually, no. Nice to see Brozziak, Mr. King of Faceoff, get his seventh goal of the year eight minutes into the period. And then less than a minute later, Merrick Zidlicky on the power play. Imagine that. Zidlicky, Brunette, and Koivu teaming up yet again on yet another power play goal. It has just been an unbelievable play. Of course, this one, Zidlicky was the scorer, not the... Uh, not one of the men setting the play up. Zidlicky usually is the one that starts the play, and then it's Koivu to Brunette. <laughs> Brunette's the top power play goal scorer on this team right now. Um, just an awesome line, that, or not line per se. Zidlicky's not on a line, but you get the idea. Just an awesome uh, lineup, having those guys together out there on the power play. Zidlicky has, uh, is having an amazing season. He's almost got 40 points right now, about 36 on the year. Continuing to dominate on the power play, by the way. Only his fifth goal of the year, but the assists are way, way up there. It was just a nice overall play. And the Wilds suddenly up 3 to nothing, and you figure this game is uh, in the books. But not so fast as Mason Raymond, guy who's really, really emerged from Mont- uh, Montreal for Vancouver this year, makes it a 3-1 to one game, and you figure, hey, it's not over yet. You just hope the Wild can, can knock... <laughs> Luongo out of the game yet again. This, of course, was right away in the third period. Only three minutes later, Brunette on the power play again. And who do you think, just take one freaking guess, who else were, uh, who, who else assisted on this goal? Yeah. Koivu and Zidlicky. Imagine that. I mean, I, it's unbelievable. The combination of Koivu and Zidlicky and Brunette. It is just, uh, it's been dominating. This year for the Wild, even though the Wild have not been all so great on the power play this season. But I'm going to tell you, folks, of late, the power play has really been picking up. Remember, they did well against the Sharks, and they've done well. They did especially well against the Sharks, by the way, but they've done well overall of late. It has been a step up on the old power play. Suddenly it was a 4-1 to game. You figure the Wild have this one in the bag. And yes, there was. Kyle Brodzak this time did get the puck to... Clutterbuck. This time it was Brodziak and Clutterbuck again, but Clutterbuck was the goal scorer. And there he was swinging his fist <laughs> in a circular motion. Just fun to watch. Cal Clutterbuck. This kid has a lot of fun, and boy is he uh, just an energy guy. Because not only is he the top hitter in the NHL, but he can he can score here and there. He he you know he's going to get double digit. He's going to I think he's going to be a twenty goal scorer 
at some point in his career. I think he is, and he's actually he he's just a nice overall player. Yeah, he gets on people's last nerves at times, and the Vancouver Canucks, <laughs> among many other teams, do not like Kyle Clutterbuck. Clutterbuck did get in a fight in this game, as did. Uh, this was a little strange, by the way. James Shepard got in a fight in this game. How about that? James Shepard got in a fight in this game. It was against Rome. And uh, Shepard, it took forever for him to really land a blow, unfortunately. It really did. It was kind of like a, I don't know, it just looked like he was trying to look like, yeah, okay, I'll fight, but I'm going to sort of stand here and try to hold your sleeves down so you can't swing at me. I mean, that's, it was more of a defensive fight for James Shepard. Neither one of them really threw much of a punch at all, and the ref just kind of came in and said, okay, it's over. <laughs> but I guess that's what you'd expect from James Shepard, right? You're not going to get... Mr. Uh, you're, you're not going to get Mike Tyson in 1987 to do a knockout punch on anybody. It's just it's just not going to happen, folks. But, uh, yeah, James Shepard showing a little bit of grit. We're, we're happy for him. He did get a shot on goal in the game. Oh, goody. Because remember, James Shepard, the king of stupid quotes, uh, I believe it was about two or three weeks ago. James Shepard, I didn't even mention this on the show. I keep kind of forgetting to put it out there. I don't write it down, and I should, because it's a, just a goofy line that he said. Uh, a few weeks ago, when he was on the ice, when uh, I can't remember who scored. It's just, it doesn't matter, really. I'm, I don't remember. It was Latendress or Koivu, or no, Havlet, I think. I can't remember exactly. Something like that. Latendress, Havlet, I think. He was saying he was just glad to be on the ice when they scored, so he got a plus. What a boob. Um, Thanks. Thanks, James. We, uh, we, we appreciate the, uh, contribution there. Uh, we're glad you're able to get your plus. And I know he's not the first person in the history of the National Hockey League to, uh, think that way or to say something that way. It's just, mm. well, for one, it makes him sound a little desperate. And two, eh, it's, uh, it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he loves his stats. Uh, yeah, James Shepard still just tearing it up this season, by the way. He is tearing it up in a big way for the Wild. Oh, yeah. As the sniper, as all affectionately call him, the sniper. Yeah, James Shepard, he still has five points. He's been at five points for about a year. Are you kidding me? He has played twice as many games as Robbie Earl. Yeah, Robbie Earl, a fourth-line Call him up when you need help because of injuries like Kobasu or whatever, or Andrew Abbott. Call him up when you need help, Robbie Earl, with his five goals, by the way. They were all goals and kind of quirky goals. He has as many points this year as Robbie Earl. James Shepard has played in 44 games. Robbie Earl has played in 22. Ah, yeah, James Shepard. James Shepard. The, snipe, the sniper himself, folks, the sniper himself continuing to dominate and put his foot in his mouth at the same time. Oh, wow. Uh, hmm, maybe there's another Laton dress in the Montreal system we could uh, swing a trade for. Um, we'll just see what happens there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen anytime soon, though. Maybe Cam Barker will be that guy. As, as By the way, Cam Barker, Cam Barker, that's who got the sixth goal of this game after Le Roberto Luongo was taken out, was finally put out of his misery. Oh, and does it feel good to say that. Oh, it feels so good to hear Roberto Luongo being put out of his misery. 
when playing against the Minnesota Wild, regardless if it's in the Axial Energy Center or in Vancouver. As Cam Barker, now this is after Michael Samuelson goal, halfway through the third period, and is like, oh goody, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Luanga was already pulled. After that fifth goal, they said, enough's enough. Good old what's-his-name was pulled. And Cam Barker with his fifth goal of the year and his very first game as a member of the Wild, by the way, on the power play, and by the way, Kyle Brodziak setting him up again. As Brodziak just had an overall dominant game, he dominated in the face-offs. The Wild double Vancouver Canucks in the face-offs. They also get 12 more shots on goal against these Vancouver Canucks, and the stat of the night, 4 of 7 on the power play for the Minnesota Wild, and Vancouver only had one power play in the entire game, and they were stopped. So quite, quite the special teams game for the Minnesota Wild in a big way. They only had to stop one power play. I, I get that. That's like Lottie freaking da. They stopped one power play. But hey, still, at the same time, they showed a heck of a lot of discipline. Vancouver did not show a lot of discipline. They were going crazy all night trying to start fights with people. Someone was ejected by Vancouver. This is Hortich. He was, or excuse me, Hortichuk. Yeah, Hortichuk. How could I forget that guy, right? He was ejected in this game. Bugard. Bugard got into a fight at one point in this game. I believe it was with uh, Hortichuk. And yes, it was. It was with Hortichuk. Just a very entertaining game in general. Um, nice to see Demetra finally not score a goal against the Wild. Yeah, it's been nice. I believe he... No, he didn't score last game either. Hortichuk. Um, yeah, Hortichuk. I keep saying that name. Hortichuk, Hortichuk, Hortichuk. It's it's great, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, we even stopped the Sandine sisters. They each got an assist in the game, but hey. <laughs> when Sid, Henrik Sandine was leading the uh, league in scoring for a while there, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Just what we need. One of the Vancouver Sedin sisters having a career year even better and watch the Canucks go all the way and win the Cup or at least compete for it. Yeah, they're still a first-place club, but it was just uh, the Wild all of a sudden really turned in the corner against this club, and boy, do I hope it continues. As a team, the Wild had to turn the corner against, no, last season, it finally happened last season, was the Calgary Flames. That is who the Wild will play next after this long, long break, this elongated break is over. Wednesday, March 3rd, that'll be the next game I will review. But until then, we're going to first, before we conclude the show, we're going to get into a little more PR Mark Bouchard, the king of Concussion Junction, unfortunately. A very uh, unfortunate title he has right now. We're going to get into him after this quick break. We are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 40, the Big 4-0, which is a reminder for MP3 player users, including the iPod, Microsoft Zoom, and blah 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 So here we go. Pierre Marc Bouchard. And yes, he was going to be centering the second line this season, folks. Pierre Marc Bouchard was going to be centering the second line for the Minnesota Wild. I remember, I remember listening to a show, because I tend to go back into my old archives, just to listen to how the show sounded compare what I was saying and also kind of, you know, to get some history to stuff I said, per se, like, oh, wow, I said that back then. Huh, interesting. And either I was way on or way off or whatever. Like the wild need to do this, they need to do that, or, yeah. And I remember that. (laughs) Pierre Marc Bouchard was going to go from being a wing to finally back to what he was drafted as, for the right or the wrong reasons, the center position. 
He was going to be centering the second line. A lot of us kind of saw him as a potential second line center behind Miko Koivu in long-term future. The whole Bouchard-Koivu deal. Because you remember, they were the uh, back-to-back draft picks for the Minnesota Wild. Koivu in 01, Bouchard in 02. And unfortunately, his size moved him over to the uh, the wing position almost right away. It's like Lemire was like, this guy can't be a center. you got to be kind of you know, to be a defensive specialist as well as a scorer when you're centering. you got to kind of be a captain almost. But, well, you basically do have to be a captain. You have to be a do-it-all. You have to be good on defense. You have to quarterback, which Bouchard, is. that's his specialty. He's a quarterback. And he, he's been a 20-goal scorer. And the other thing with Bouchard, he was so durable for the longest time until last year. And now, well, he's played one game, had that severe concussion. And, uh, yeah, he's been watching helplessly without anything. Way up in the press box is a wild play on without him. It's been very, very frustrating indeed. And that's, yeah, that's how recovering from a concussion is. It's just been a very frustrating deal for him. Of course, this is part of an article from Yahoo Sports, an article from Yahoo Sports. He hasn't been able to skate, shoot, run, or exercise. No real exercise except for regular walks in the neighborhood. Bouchard's comment is getting some fresh air, getting my legs going a little bit. Besides that, I watch TV or read or just sleep. Um, that's got to really drive him nuts. He can't even skate. Man, that's got to drive him nuts. That's really sad. As mentioned, he missed all of one game the entire season. Just uh, He took an elbow on the jaw in September exhibition game. Mm, he missed the final eight games of last season. Um, yeah, this is where it all really started. It was the last at the end of last season, last March. Missed the final eight games after believing he was all right and took an elbow to the jaw in September exhibition. Symptoms came back. He came back at the very beginning of the year, and then that was the end of it. Um, it just gets worse and worse. Bouchard comes back. Bouchard continues his quote here. I took two months off and worked out all summer and felt good. This th- this thing during the summer, you don't have any contact. I came back here and the first exhibition exhibition game I got hit. It's just like that figures. I mean, you talk about really bad luck for the poor guy. He also is in the second year of a five-year contract worth $20.4 million. He had a 50, he had a career-high 50 assists in 07-08. Career-high 20 goals in 06-07, by the way, Bouchard, who was the eighth overall pick in 02. It's, it's just frustrating to not be able to play. You cannot look back and say, I should have done this. And yeah, there's nothing he really could have done. If, to be honest here, in, in this deal, Pierre-Marc Richard, unfortunately, a victim of circumstance. I mean, there's nothing he can do. He tried. He tried. And I, I tell you, I feel for this guy, and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well, a very talented, talented player. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a shame. Chuck Fletcher chimes in here at the end. The important thing for me is that he gets healthy and gets back to being the Pierre-Marc Richard of old. General Manager Chuck Fletcher said, if we can get a happy, healthy Pierre-Marc Bouchard back for next season, that's great. To me, it's not a rush. And, of course, no. No, it's not a rush at all. It's not a rush at all. And, yeah, concussions have been a huge, huge issue in the NHL. And as mentioned, it got to a point 
where it was kind of a sarcastic frustration with me when I started up the whole bit Concussion Junction back in November. It's like, God, this is getting ridiculous. How can this keep happening? And, uh, yeah, Bouchard and Burns right at the top there. The king and the prince. Bouchard is the king. Burns is the prince in that area. And both of them, first-round draft picks and huge core pieces for this team, not only for the present but for the future. Um, all you can do is hope for the best. Pray for Pierre-Marc Bouchard and Brent Burns for their continued uh, improved health, especially Bouchard, who's not back skating. At least Burns is. And unfortunately with Burns, it, it's just another year where he's just kind of he's just kind of hitting the wall yet again. Unfortunately, he's hitting the wall. Last year he was doing really well, and then the concussion happened. This, uh, they kind of denied the symptoms, and it was the strangest situation ever. He's just he just wasn't the same player, and then all of a sudden, late in the year, oh yeah, we think Brent Burns had a concussion a while back. Oh, we're sorry about that. I guess he did. Oops, you know, and it's like oops, really, and he kept playing. Hmm. Well, as of right now, Brent Burns has played 32 games and has 12 points. That's really not bad in terms of production in this limited amount of time, but he's <laughs> that's not the Brent Burns that had 40 points a few years back, 43 points to be exact, uh, just two years ago. Boy, wouldn't it be nice to have a healthy Brent Burns and Pierre-Marc Bouchard next year? It's just, it, it's just addition from within, basically. Addition from help. I mean, yeah, addition from subtraction. No, that was Ben Wapulia. Yeah, major addition from subtraction. And in this area, it's just uh, health, healthy players coming back, finally. We'll see what happens at that. Um, not really sure what to make of it, ultimately. The Wild is going to hope for the best. Luckily, their, their defensive, uh, their, their blue line looks awfully deep right now with Cam Darker now being in the mix, getting rid of... Uh, Kim Janssen, who had a hole in his stick, I thought, half the time, when, especially when he's on the any type of power play or any type of, uh, they're trying to set up any type of scoring chance. Kim Janssen just could not hold on to the puck, it seemed like, when the puck was passed to him. Don't know what that was all about. Oh, but I'm digressing all over the place. I go from healthy talk to blue line talk. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, hey, this trade was a, was a defenseman trade. It was straight-up defenseman. And uh, I like Ken Barker early on. We'll just—it's—we're gonna have to wait and see how Nick Letty develops. Lots of bantering back and forth between uh, the Wild and the Gophers. Whereas Fletcher said, "Well, it's not really the Gophers. It's just—I—it's uh, not really Nick Letty. It's just the Gophers in general weren't playing well. It's nothing against Nick Letty." And uh, yeah, remember I mentioned last week how Thompson made a quote: "We don't like Letty's development at the U." And of course, Don Lashia a little bit irked about that as well. We may get a little bit further into that later on if I feel it's necessary to really bring up at this point in time. So, and I'm sure it'll come up again as, as, as we continue here in the next couple months to a couple years here with Lucia, Letty, and all that. It's going to be interesting. So we're going to call it a show. But first, I would like you to please sign up for my Twitter, or not sign up, but follow my Twitter for Brave the Wild. Twitter.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Twitter.com forward slash Brave the Wild, that is how you follow that. Just look that up. It's one word, of course. Uh, the phone lines for Brave the Wild and for the sportstuff.com, which is the flagship website for Brave the Wild, is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Still waiting for my first caller. This show has been around for quite a while, and I know there are listeners out there. 
The numbers show it. The listeners are out there. Please do call in. Talk some hockey with me. And if you don't really like to call in on the phones, of course, that is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Leave your name in town and state your opinion. Keep it to about a minute. But, hey, if you want to ramble to about two to three minutes, I'll live with it. Hey, you know, there is no time constraint on the show. You can do what you want. Just don't make it 40 minutes. I'd be a little, yeah, that'd be kind of silly. And, it, frankly, it'd probably be a waste of your time because <laughs> I wouldn't put it on the show if it was 40 minutes long. So, yeah, you'd be a little irked that your 40 minutes went down the toilet. Also, though, last and certainly not least, in fact, most important of all, please do sign up Sign up for the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. We do have a message boards on there. There's a button that says TSS boards in the upper right-hand corner of the website. The boards recently were uh, completely reset. So some of you out there that may have actually registered on there, you're going to have to re-register if you haven't re-registered within the last uh, two to three weeks, I believe it's been. Something went wrong with the servers, and we had to start completely over with the message boards. Please do register on there. We'd appreciate it very much. We can talk some hockey in the podcast section for Brave the Wild or the general NHL section, the Minnesota Wild board on there. It'd be uh, terrific. Please do sign up out there, you Minnesota hockey fans, regardless if you're from Minnesota, if you're from Iowa, if you're from Wisconsin or whatever. And, yeah, I said Wisconsin, or if you're from Calgary. Yeah, Calgary Puck Radio out there. Maybe you guys are still listening to this show. I, I hope so. I remember you were a while back as the uh, iTunes showed, oh, you know, other subscribers, uh, your subscribers also subscribe to this show. I, I just thought that was really cool to see that. That's that's nice to see uh, fans from across the NHL popping into this show. I appreciate that very much. Uh, and those of you out there that do like this show, please tell a friend, help it grow, help the show grow. I appreciate it very much. So until, oh, it's about a two-week break until Brave the Wild returns on uh, first week of March. We will be back then. Until then, take care and go USA.